Our theology determines our practice. That's something we say a lot in my church to help us understand that the things, the, the truths of Scripture that we believe, and the more we understand about God, the more that impacts the way we live. And in my case, being a volunteer firefighter, I have found that my theology, the things I know to be true about God through his word, have made me be able to deal with the things that I see and walk through on a whole different level. And really, that's what our conversation is going to be about today. Whether you're a firefighter or not, you're going to gain from this. So don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Thinking Out Loud with PJ. I am so thankful that you hit the play button. I just want to take a minute. First of all, if you have not subscribed, please take this moment to subscribe to my channel. Hit the little bell so you don't miss anything. And if you want to help me help what God is doing here through my channel, then just hit the share button, get it out to your friends. That even actually helps stir the YouTube algorithms and will put my videos in front of other people so that that way they can hear the message of God and, and his word. Today, I am excited to have a special guest with me. We're going to talk a little bit about his book, and then we're really just going to talk about exactly what we talked about, our theology determining our practice as firefighters. Jason Sautel, welcome to uh, Thinking Out Loud with PJ. Uh, Jason is a former um, Oakland firefighter, and he has written a book that really is, uh, I think, well done. One of my, probably my favorite firefighting book. Uh, let's just take a minute and, and talk about that, Jason. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, man. It's such a blessing to be here. And, and I love that, that statement about theology, man. What, what a great way to explain how our walk with Christ can affect other people. Amen. So I don't even know where I picked that up. I I don't know if I came up with that or if I found that in a book, but we say that I think almost every Sunday somewhere. So, yeah. I absolutely love it, man. Yeah. And I really appreciate you having me on because, you know, we, we met oh, a few months ago via online and chatting. I've been really enjoying your YouTube videos and stuff. So oh, thank yes, you. Those of you out there watching subscribe because I certainly <laughs> do. And, and it's just so nice to have a scripturally grounded pastor be able to bring the messages in, into this world, especially this past year that's been so dark and stuff. So I, I know we're here to talk about my book and the stories God's given me, but I just had to give you a thumbs up and hey. kudos. <laughs> For Thank you. Been <laughs> <blessing> me. Yeah. <laughs> so you wrote this book. How long ago was it now, Jason? Well, you know, at first I started putting it together about two years ago because the book writing process is a long time. <laughs> and once it came together, all the stories were there and the truth of the stories. Then it came to, all right. I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade, so my grammar's not there, and, and I write in blog form, I write in paramedic form, a very descriptive in a certain way, but I didn't know how to do the arcs, so I met up with a professional writer who did not change the stories, who did not change anything, but helped brought clarity to the readers through through the way that we could write with uh, write through my stories and stuff. So, okay. you know, like with me, I'm not going to sit there and describe myself. That's just kind of <laughs> weird. But to have someone else bring it in, because in a book writing, even in a memoir, there is character development. I'm like, right. well, how do I develop myself? So so it was about a two-year process then with the edits. And, and my biggest thing was keeping it real. Sure. I wanted to bring in the 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 pre um, the before I came to Christ. I wanted to bring that in there mm. and show people what darkness looked like and walking in the true darkness. 
and why I so badly needed to put my faith in Jesus. But I also wanted to, you know, look back with my quote scriptural goggles and look at all the messages within that time frame where God was using a series of series of incidents that I responded to on the fire ground to call me to his son. And I just wanted it to all come together. Right. I didn't want to glamorize the scene. I right. don't want to glamorize me. Obviously, quote, I'm the main character. But I tell people, actually, I'm not. I'm not the rescuer, mm. okay? So to <laughs> give it all, I'm, I'm giving away, Jesus is the rescuer, okay? And, and, and if you need the scripture yeah. to back it up, I'll give it to you because there's right. definitely no oh, scripture amen. that says Jason is a rescuer. And stuff. So yeah. yeah, so about two years ago is when I started writing it. And then it came out September of 2020, right in the midst of the pandemic, yep. right in the midst of one of the craziest election cycles, I think uh, those of us who are living have probably seen a long time. So it didn't, quote, get much notoriety, but that's been what's so cool about it because God is still putting mm. it in the hands of so many people. And my true thing that I tell, no matter who asked me, I really thought firefighters were going to hate this book. <laughs> I really <laughs> did because... Let's be honest, firefighters, whether you're a volunteer or whether you're, quote, paid, I don't like to use the term professional because we're all professionals, whether we mm -hmm. get paid or not, we've all done the job. So when you and I tell stories back and forth, like, well, yeah, you know, I, I, as sad as it is, and I'm not taken away from it. I, I've seen a lot of what you've seen and you've seen what mm -hmm. I've seen. Right. And so that's going nowhere. But what I wanted to put into it was where a lot of career and volunteer firefighters wouldn't. I wanted to put the emotions of what we experience. Mm, yeah. I wanted to put the emotions of the victims into it without glamorizing. And then I wanted to show how we can use these really rough scenes and the rough things we go to, to ultimately glorify God. Now, when I say that, I don't walk on scene to someone who's hurting and say, Hey, God's going to get glory out of this broken right, leg. Right. That's a horrible thing right. to say, you know, but where I'm going with it is we get to experience things. We really do then we get to go back to our Bible and try to work our way through those experiences. Yeah. And what I've learned is respectfully, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. If I'm just going into my Bible to try to heal myself from those traumas that I've gone through, I'm kind of being a wee bit selfish. Mm -hmm. Now don't get it wrong. We should right. do that. But then once God's revealed to me how to heal, my goodness, what more blessing is there than to go and take that experience and share it with other people. And that's what I've tried to do. Right. Yeah. There's so many people out there that need to hear what, what you have gone through, especially. And uh, as, as I read your book, I just I thought about how many people there must be that, that um, are, are very much like you were. Uh, I mean, we we're all lost in, in need Jesus. But just as, as you unpacked your story, your, your testimony, and we're very intentionally not really going to jump go into the book today. We don't want to do that. We're, we have another conversation, but we want to talk about the book enough to tell you, you need to go buy this book. You can buy it pretty much anywhere. Uh, I think, um, I don't even remember where, where I bought mine, but you can get them anywhere. One, I will say this, and Jason mentioned it. One of the things I, I appreciated, well, a couple of things, uh, it, it is what I would consider kind of raw in a sense, right? You, you said you wanted to yeah. present the realism. And if you've never mm -hmm. been in a firehouse, right. you're not going to understand, but you are going to see what, what firehouse life is like, whether right. it's uh, living in a, in a, uh, in a firehouse where you're living, you know, working shifts or in a volunteer firehouse, very much the same idea there. So uh, that I think I appreciated because not only as a firefighter, I could understand that, but I think it does a good job of allowing others to see what goes on behind the scenes. And then as right. you wrote those things, um, there were several 
of those calls that you were writing about that I could smell the smells. I could, I could feel what was going on. You know, I could, my heart Ooh. started racing, right. And you're even thinking right. through well, what would I have done? Mm-hmm. However, what, what, maybe I should ask you this, Jason, and I know your answer, but this book isn't written just for firefighters or first responders who should read this book. You know, obviously I want everyone and anyone yeah. to read it. Um, you know, I always tell parents, like I had some sixth graders come and they did from a Christian school, like she did a report off. I'm like, okay, well, I want to be very clear with people there. Uh, we were covering me during my darkest yeah. times. Now I didn't make it horrible and I didn't glamorize what right. it's like to be an unrepented sinner or anything, but I made it very clear when I wasn't following Jesus, I wasn't right. living like a follower of Jesus right. and stuff. And it does go through the traumas of my past Mm -hmm. of growing up in abuse. It goes through the struggles I had with how that abuse led over into relationships. Not that I was in abusive relationships, but I let the the darkness destroy everything Mm -hmm. that I ever had. And so people read that. Well, what I tell people is a lot of folks, well, I've been a Christian forever. And I I like to smile. "Mm, I get that you're raising a Christian. I totally understand that. But let's be honest, no one can make you a follower of Christ. That's a relationship you have with Christ. I understand a lot of people, it developed at a young age, so maybe they can't pinpoint it exactly like I can and stuff. But I want folks that have been following Christ for so long to, to look into the lives of those who are lost and say, you know what, this person may seem angry. They may seem like they're... They're, they're chasing the ways of this world that are so wrong. And I don't want any part of that. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to be part of that. Mm. I want you to pour love into yes. that situation and not accept the situation to pull them out of that situation, to help right. pull them out of that situation and show them what God wants for them. So there's my group of Christians. I want them to read it. I also, I wanted to give a window into what the fire service in America here truly looks like. The struggles we go through, the true scenes, the death, the destruction, and how it wears on our firefighters. I wanted that right. to come into play. And I wanted firefighters to see that the only thing that will ultimately help you is your faith in Christ. Now, yeah. once you put your faith in Christ, we also now recognize all the gifts that God's given us. And I don't need to go into them. And, and I always, I've said this in other places, I believe in the holistic repro- approach. I'm not talking holistic of this world. <laughs> right. you know, I'm right. talking holy using the gifts that God's mm-hmm. given us Amen. and steward them properly, whether it is medicine, whether it is um, therapy, but it all has to be grounded in faith. Otherwise, I try to tell firefighters the struggles you're having, they're going to come back to yeah. haunt you. Now, don't get me wrong. The day I came to Christ, people were like, so did everything get better? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and yes, and yes. Right. Eternally, I was saved. I was given hope. And as you know, as a pastor, some days hope is something we just hang on Mm. to as we're sorting Mm -hmm. everything out scripturally and letting the Holy Spirit direct our minds and our hearts on what we should be doing and letting Jesus and God work things out as we're going through struggle and we hang on to that hope. But what coming to Christ also gave me as a firefighter was clarity. All this stuff I've been trying to figure Mm. out on my own. Why was I responding evil? Why did I feel evilness inside me? Why was I going in the wrong direction? Why was it everything this world told me would make me better it never worked mm-hmm. well in the holy scriptures it and every day i mean that was 20 years ago and even to this day god reveals something new to me multiple new things every single day and it gives clarity so i tell people we come to christ for the one thing eternity in heaven mm-hmm. we we want to come to christ because he paid the price for what we couldn't i'm not going to sit here and go through the full gospel right, message. Right, <laughs> that, right. that that that's you and and so that's why you come to christ but there's the ands that come with it. 
And what I've mm. noticed just being in the quote media world and and being thrusted into doing television shows and and radio reports, I'm starting to see a trend that you probably have seen a lot longer than me that so many people come to Christ or think they're coming to Christ because of the ands. I want the better here. Mm -hmm. now. I want this. And the ands are what are driving them to Christ. I'm like, listen, hear me out. I'm not trying to say you're going to have a hideous, horrible life after coming to Christ, but you want to use all those bad situations and say, why is it so bad? And, and what is it that's driving all this negativity? You go, where can I find something good and turn to God? Because that's where true goodness comes from. And then when that flows through you, it also starts pouring out of you and lightening up the, the darkness. Around right. You. So that, that's why I like telling people that, you know, yeah, come to Christ, but does Jason, you know, talk myself in that way. So I bad days. Yeah, I still have bad days. I still have rough days. Right. So I'm in the same fallen world, broken world that you are. Well, Paul but, told us, yeah. as long as we're walking right. around in this flesh, right? What's going to happen? We, we have to deal with the right. sin. We have to deal with right. all of it. Yeah. And really, I think that kind of leads us to what we want our conversation to be. So we want you to go get the book and read it. Um, but, and, and you're going to love it, but what we wanted to talk about today is, is really what I mentioned in the, in the first place, is how our theology as firefighters, and really this goes to everybody, how does our theology uh, help us as we go through this world, but how has, it, how has it helped us? I mean, there's things that I hear, Jason, and I'm sure you hear, I hear things like, well, uh, God took them too soon, their, their, their life ended too soon. Well, it sounds cold in some ways, but my theology tells me, no, that didn't happen. It might not hurt any less, but they right. lived out exactly the days that God had for them. Uh, and, and there's things like that that you just you face because mm -hmm. we get a front row seat, or, or maybe not get a front row seat, but we have right. a front row seat to the evil that goes on in the world, the results of our sin. Uh, so right. so what are some some things, what are some ways you have, have experienced that and been able to deal with that? So now we're talking, your book is kind of pre-salvation, and now we're talking post-salvation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because not, not to give it all away, but, you know, I come to Christ and book ends. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. There's a story. Because I wanted, to, like I said, you know, the last part of the book is to show that side, to show God and, and Christ calling me and stuff. So where has it taken me since and what I've learned? I mean, it's phenomenal. The amount of things that we learn as followers of Christ, when, when I say put on your scriptural goggles, meaning I, I put on my glasses and I, I try to filter the world through what I've read in my Bible, I, you know, through scripture memorization and, and through trying to get a full understanding of, of the Bible. And one of the places that it's really helped me is like you were talking about how the, the, the evilness that takes lives and the rough things that we see. Well, how do I work my way through that? First thing I have to do when I start feeling tormented by something, I have to go back to what I truly feel is the beginning of the gospel message, mm. which is God is perfect. Mm -hmm. He's a perfect and just God. Okay. Now, when I know that, that, that my creator, my father, my, my, my heavenly father created me and he is perfect and he is just, and, and I get to realize that there's perfection. Then I now look at the situation and go, what is it that he would want me to learn mm -hmm. from this situation? Yeah. You know, you know, and, and so if it was something like, um, man, a, a shooting, and I'm watching someone take their final breaths, which unfortunately is an Oakland mm -hmm. firefighter, which my book is based around is my, my years as an Oakland firefighter. I witnessed way too many people 
taken their final breaths mm -hmm. because of some choices that they made some some choice that they made to maybe take a, a lifestyle that that is going to lead mm -hmm. them in a direction where evil things happen so they say how do i sort this out well the one thing i fall back onto personally is for me the reason i preach the gospel message and i'm so convicted to do it there's a level of urgency on it is because i've witnessed those people taking their final breaths as their eternities are mm. being locked in mm -hmm. and i'm not the salvation police i'm not going to say 50 percent right. were saved 50 percent. i don't know but i can guarantee you a lot of those people were not right. saved and so then when i say man this isn't like someone had a a disease process where they had weeks or months or something to work their way through well as firefighters we rarely get called to that that's right. more like you yeah. showing up as a pastor and that kind of stuff. Yep. you have time to work that these are folks that stepped out of their house expecting to come mm -hmm. home that evening that never did and so for me one of the many things that's done is where i am now because i'm no longer a firefighter is it's given me an urgency to lovingly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Now don't yeah. get me wrong, as a new believer, I'd run around and shake you and tell you why you <laughs> need Christ, right? You know, like, come on, what's wrong with you? You know, I think a lot of us yeah. young converts sometimes do that. But then as you grow in Christ, it's lovingly going, man, I love you so much. I gotta tell mm -hmm. you the truth because that's what someone did for me. They told me the truth and I'll be honest, pastor, when I first heard the unedited full gospel message kind of in a sit down conversation, 30 minutes back and forth, it, it, it kind of irked me a wee bit because my flesh didn't want to hear it being told. I'm like, wait, I'm a fireman and I'm out yeah. there doing good things. Right. Hold on. Well, we don't work our way to heaven, as right. you know. Right. And, and and if you think about it, when I was doing good things, was it sure it's helping, it's loving, but what people need to understand is goodness comes from above and, yes. and we give glory to god by saying god i'm going to do this because you've called me to that you've given me these gifts i'm gonna give you all glory so therefore i'm gonna fight fire i'm gonna try to save people's worldly lives and get use all the abilities you've given me mm -hmm. and i'm going to glorify you but before i turned to christ it was an art of self-worship i was mm -hmm. doing it because i wanted it made me feel better right. what i was doing and, and i wasn't doing it because i wanted to see hurt people who were hurt so it made me feel better no i wanted to lovingly help right. them but it was coming from a, a centered world around me as opposed to recognizing i'm doing this to glorify god and so there's there's just a few things that the theology has kind of drawn me <laughs> to yeah i think that's uh that's interesting because i have noticed as i as i'm around other firefighters and you know um, some of my, my closest friends now are, are, you know, my brothers as firefighters. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, but I watch some of them and I see what they're doing, right? It's the same thing. They're, they're doing this because they want to give back to the community. It makes them feel right. better about themselves. And, and I, and it's hard for me because I see them doing good things, but the reality is they're only doing those good things because God has allowed them to do those good things, right? That all good, right. Th good things come from God. So then to, to, be able to love them and come to the place to, to be able to share the gospel with them. Uh, it's right. just, uh, it, it's an interesting, for me, it's been an interesting place to be as a Christian, both as firefighters who are, like you said, processing why do they do what they do. For me, you know, I, I think about right. uh, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what would I want in the worst time in my life? I would want somebody to be there for me. And that's right. what we get to do as firefighters, you know, especially me as a local volunteer firefighter. Mm -hmm. Literally, it's my neighbors that I'm there for. 
but but why do others do it, right? <laughs> right. Well, here, here's the way that I kind of explain it to a lot of folks was first off in Oakland, we would go to so many fires on a daily basis. I mean, truly, if you ever pull up the run statistics, there's a lot of fires in that city. And unfortunately, there's a lot of loss due to fires, people being trapped in our, our older houses and stuff. But what if you... One of the things that people would tell me when we'd pull up on scene of a fire is they, they never said, thank God you guys got here so quick. It's always, <laughs> what took you guys? Even if we were right. in a minute, because when you're in the middle of a trauma or tragedy, even in your spiritual walk, right, it feels like you're there oh, forever, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like you're, you're even though it was a, a day or two or maybe a month, whatever that season is, it feels like you're in that season mm-hmm. forever. And, and But when we're in the season of like we're not in the storm, sometimes we forget that we're there because everything's going fine. Well, when we pull up on scene of a fire, I know for a fact fact, there were people praying, but I never once saw Father God open up the heavens and drop water in his house. We responded and and did what we were called to do. Mm -hmm. So if you take that from a scriptural standpoint, you were following your calling to go do the work God has called you to do. As opposed to, you know, you're just doing it because you feel like you've been called to do it. The other thing I want to throw out there is... I grew up in an, and I wouldn't even say an atheist home. I was one of those quote, none people. Cause I was just so angry. It's not <laughs> like I was anti God. I just didn't believe anything except I wanted to be angry. Well, growing up like that, I really took on what this world will say. And one of the things the world always says is you can be whatever you want to mm. be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish yeah. as long as you work hard enough. Well, let's break this down as a firefighter. In my book, I actually have some scenes there where I couldn't get to the people Mm -hmm. in time. Right. Well, I had turmoil with that because I was told I could do what I wanted to do and get there. So I started putting it on me that it was my fault that these people were dying. And so if you think of those statements of me pre-Christian wise, and I say this in a non-blasphemous way, but from a pre-Christian term, we're basically creating little gods, if you will. And Mm -hmm. we're not gods. we We don't have sovereignty. And so once I learned what God's sovereignty was and what God's will was, it actually took the weight off of my shoulders you know, of, of the mm-hmm. death and destruction that I was witnessing as a firefighter in Oakland and, and stuff. And so that was the beauty of it was I was now able to say, well, I gave up my all. I didn't quit, but did I fail? Yeah, I failed because I couldn't complete it, but it wasn't God's will for me to right. complete it. But I also tell people very safely, don't ever quit and say you failed, right. you know, work until you fail. It's okay to fail and then learn lessons, then get back to the path God wants you on or whatever. But I truly believe that God lets us experience failures for a reason. And if I'm wrong on that, well, then everyone else is much more perfect than me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. I know they're not. I was just throwing that out there. Well, you know, it's this kind of the same thing when we get called to a medical emergency, right? And and you end up working a person doing CPR and you're in that moment. You mentioned it before we came on here, just the, you know, the praying and knowing there's other people praying. And, you know, at that point you're probably sweating, you know, sweating your eyes, your arms are sore. You're, and what are you doing? You're giving it everything you have when ultimately it's, it's up to God, whether or not he's going to give them that that life back, right. Whether he's going to bring their heart, heartbeat back again. So when I, when I Mm -hmm. walk away from that and I was not what we would call successful, um, mm-hmm. my heart hurts for that family and, 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 right. and it can be discouraging because I just did all of this work for nothing, but right. I have a peace knowing that, that I did what God called me to do in that moment and the rest was up to him. And, and I think that goes into all of life. 
and, and sometimes we, right. we miss that. But being able to cope with that, I you you said it, and and I see it in a lot of firefighters. Uh, where what gets us is this guilt that we didn't do enough. We didn't do something right. right. If we would have done something right. different, we could have saved a life. Right. Rather than than when right. we see it through God's eyes and know, you know what, God. God has a plan, whether we like it or not. Yeah, and, and that's so good to go with there because what one of the examples that I, I will sometimes use for myself personally is people will come to me and say, okay, you have a Facebook page that has, you know, three quarters of a million people that read it or you have a book and you get hundreds of emails a day. And so, you get, so Jason, how many people have you brought to Christ? I'm like, none, <laughs> none. I haven't saved a soul. I, haven't, I get the terminology and I'm not trying to shoot that down. Right. But more the way I want to look at it is I want to look at my daily life, my day yesterday and say, God, did I do what you called me to do? Right. He does the rescue and he does the life saving. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. Right. If you show up on scene of a medical unfit, untrained, not your head in the game, and you're not doing proper CPR and you're not giving them, you know, the, the keeping the pressures up in the heart that it needs for it to revive if we can. Well, then you're not fit for duty, if you will. You're not doing what you've been called to do. Right. And so if you are and you're doing everything proper, God will do the saving, right. he'll do the rescuing. And that's why I tell people, it's not like a notch on your bat or that quote bedpost. It's not one of those things. How many people I saved? Jason hasn't saved a single soul. And in the fire service, it trained me to that, that yeah, there's days I get frustrated. There's mm-hmm. days I get frustrated because I'm like, you're not hearing the message. They're, they're, the, the, this loud fallen world is so noisy. They're not hearing the message. It frustrates me. And I have to then pull back and say, don't get frustrated. Keep mm-hmm. doing your right. job. And that's what we do in the fire service. We don't care skin color, race, religion, what sin they may be walking in. What do we do? We show up and do our jobs. And as followers of Christ and and walking our theology, I believe the same thing. Show up and do what you've been called to do. Yeah, so a couple of things there that you said that's great. And in our church, one of the things that we're really working through right now is is that idea that I am responsible to take the gospel to somebody as a Christian, right? So we're mm-hmm. so we're also understanding now that I have the responsibility to be prepared, just like just like we would train, right? And when 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 that mm-hmm. opportunity comes, we need to be ready for it, both on the fire ground and in our spiritual lives. But just mm-hmm. like you said, I can train for it spiritually, right? I can right. I can study the Bible, I can know the verses, and I and, and of course I'm never going to save somebody's life if I don't respond to a call. And, and right. it's the same way in our Christian lives. We're never going to lead somebody to Christ if we don't go. However, right. once we've done all those things, now it's up to God, and we just have to keep doing yeah. what we do. And uh, so, yeah. And then um, something else that you that you mentioned, um, I just lost. It's went out of my mind. I'll have to find this and cut this out. Let me think. What did no, you say? No, no problem. What, yeah. You, you, you said something I really wanted. To, oh, okay. The other thing that you mentioned that I, that I kind of want to touch on that, that should, as Christians, should really make us think a little bit, that you and I, we struggle with, but we don't think about it in the moment because I know we've both been there. Where you show up on scene to a car accident, you walk up to a car where there's you know a mom or a dad or whatever they're they're gone they they didn't make it and then you walk over to the other car and there's somebody pinned inside and they're drunk mm-hmm. right so now what do we have to do we can't we don't get the opportunity to say sorry buddy i'm not i'm not helping you yeah we right. like you said it doesn't it doesn't matter the sin it doesn't matter we we dig in we have to do our best to to save that life yes and that's hard but as Christians, hard. should we not be in the same boat as we're trying to witness to people? 
Right. And, you know, I had this scene many years ago where we went into a, a liquor store around one in the morning and we knew the shopkeeper, not that we were there buying liquor or anything. So, you know, we go down there to Snickers bar or soda pop or something like that. And, and we got to know our community. Well, at 1 a.m., we went in there and the shopkeeper was shot. And he was dead. Mm. But he also got a shot off on the, the bad guy who was trying to rob the place. And that guy went down out back. Well, we get out back. And here I am, and I see a shopkeeper. There's nothing we could have done. So so it, we had to put a respectfully put a yellow shield over him. But it was so hard because the family was screaming and crying for us to save their dad's mm-hmm. life, who there was we couldn't do. And meanwhile, we're out back treating the guy who shot mm-hmm. him. Well, this guy that we're treating, he was threatening to come back to the firehouse and hurt us and everything. And I'm not going to lie. I was full of anger, mm-hmm. truly full of anger oh, yeah. at that moment. And I, I tell people, anger is totally okay. It's how you respond right. to it or you know, right. how you let it drive you. And so what I did was I truly at that moment just kept falling back on scripture because mm-hmm. that's why I'm so into telling people that we, we need our full Christian life, that I totally believe in the local church and I believe how important it is to be there and together. But I'm also believe it's so important to leave that local church and pour it into the community and then come back. You know, the, the whole thing of it is it's so important that people just, oh, I'm going to church but that's just where it is. They stay. Well, I also believe you need to be reading the scriptures and filling your heart with them because at that moment, that's what drove me. Because if Jason, people say, follow your heart. You don't want to follow Jason's heart. No, trust me. Don't, especially when Uh, it's angry. Cause I have a tendency to the fireman, the old Jason, but when I follow the scripture that I've filled my heart full of, it gives me perspective on what I've been called to do. So was I angry at that man? Yeah. Was I praying for his eternity at that moment? Probably wasn't. You know, I mean, I probably wasn't. Right. Now, after the fact, did I? Yeah, I did. I prayed for the whole situation, Mm -hmm. you know. So so I I like to use those scenarios there to show people a worldly example of why it's so important to just stay so connected with our Bibles. Yeah, and I think everything we've talked about today really has supported that thought, right? Our theology determines our practice, and that's why I've said that in in this situation, for both of us as firefighters, really, you have to lean on that because, um, like you said, in that situation, we we have a responsibility to save a life right. no matter how hard it is. Ooh. And the Bible says it's, it's a, we should be angry with sin, right? Right. Um, but uh, how, how are we—we've talked about it as firefighters— how are we doing that in our daily lives? Are we intentionally doing that in our daily lives? Um, Jason talked about being in church, and, and he kind of said, hey, it's it's not enough just to be in church. We need to be in the Word. You're right. We It's not enough to just be in church. Are we right. engaging in our local church? Are we building right. brothers around right. us, brothers and sisters, to help us think biblically? So, I mean, Jason has talked about it as well. He's he's in a local church, and... and uh, by choice, a smaller local church, right? Just so that he can even have more engagement there. So it's important. Yeah, it it works for me. You know, I'm I'm one that, you know, I I tell people, go where the Holy Spirit leads. Right. Definitely go there, you know, because I never want to be one. You know, obviously, if there's a church that is totally blasphemous and outside (laughs) the gospel, then, you know, I, I will tell someone, no, no, we're not going there and stuff. But what I tell people is, you know what? A church that preaches the Bible that their actions show their their message of faith, you know, and stuff. It, it, when, <laughs> when you see all that, it's like, okay, I think the Holy Spirit led you to the right place. Yep. And, and it's so important to have the local church because I'll be honest, there is a period in my life, in my walk with Christ, where I, some struggles happened at a church, and, and it was partly me and partly the, the other person. But of course, I made it all about the other person. 
They're like, well, we could do it on our own. You know what? I have the Bible. I have this. And then when I got to the Bible, I couldn't find a single verse where it says that this is how it's supposed to be. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, so, so uh, that's why I tell people, but I also tell people, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says, just go and get that Sunday message. Oh, absolutely that, not. You know? No. Yeah. 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 It's important, all important. So ultimately, it's making our faith real. James says if we say we have faith, but we don't live it, then what good is it? And that's what we've been talking about today. So I trust that you have enjoyed this. Uh, Really, what Jason did was share some stories, and very similar stories are going to be found in the book. So so again, go buy the book and read it. He also has a Facebook page. He kind of has mentioned that. Jason, is that still um, Jesus is all we need? Yeah, Jesus is all we need. Or if you go to Facebook, you put in like at Gracefully Rescued and it'll pop up. So I have that. And then the easiest place to find the book is at rescuerbook.com. You know, it shows all the places that's there, but rescuerbook.com. And then Jesus is all we need by Jason Sautel on Facebook. Or you can put in at Gracefully Rescued and you can uh, check out what I'm doing. Perfect. And again, first responders, you will enjoy this book. But any of you, if you want to just get a little look into firefighting life. This is great. And uh, Jason kind of mentioned it. It is, it is a pretty, um, it's, 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 it's not overly graphic by any means, but it just, it, it does show real life. So you want to know that maybe before you buy it for your, for your kids or something, not that it's bad. In fact, those kids that did the book report, they got a great opportunity to see what this world is all about and see what God can do. So uh, it's, it's a good thing. So thanks again for joining me, Jason. We, we are out of time here. But uh, we appreciate you, and I would love it if you guys would go and, and um, follow, follow him on Facebook. I know he would appreciate that. He will often post encouraging things on there, things that uh, whatever the Lord is doing in his heart at the time. And so it's a great place just to be fed from the Word through what God's teaching him. So thanks again. Again, love it if you would subscribe and share this, especially if you know somebody that it can help. Buy the book for somebody that you think it can help as well. We will see you next time. All right, you there.